1: It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game.
0: I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket
2: of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G., Along with my guest caddy, Jeff Shane from PGA PGATour.com in the house tonight while uh, Rich is playing in the Senior North Florida Section PGA Championship.
1: We have any report on how he's doing? No. Okay.
2: He was radio silent. <laughs> so I'm thinking, hmm, not so good.
1: Well, no cell phones on the course either, so True. maybe he's just engaged in a uh, long round.
2: Intense uh, competition. It is the match play event, which he is defending champion. Oh. So um, we hope Rich B is playing well. And speaking of playing lights out and off the chain, Billy, Big Bucks, <laughs> Horschel, Holy smokes, Jeff Shane. Did you see this coming?
1: Um, 3 weeks ago, absolutely not. He'd had a completely inconsistent season and he'd be the first to acknowledge that. He was expecting big things out of uh out of his season and uh, just could not get it going and and the, the big reason was his putting. He was 100, I want to say he was hovering around 150, in the putting stats for the regular season and uh Maybe the best thing that could have happened to him was he missed the cut at the Barclays because it gave him some time to go home, work on his game. He said he got a little talking to from his expectant wife, go out there and earn some bread and, uh, and, and you know be the player that you're supposed to be. But he also got some time on the green with Todd Anderson, and they worked on his putting grip, and uh, they, they actually put his hands a little bit lower on the club and a, a little bit bigger grip, and all of a sudden putts started rolling in, and they haven't stopped.
2: Yeah, a huge putt on 16 uh, Sunday to save par a pivotal moment as uh, Jim Furick was nipping at his heels, the bulldog himself <laughs> just grinding away. I was really hoping maybe Jim would uh, pull this victory out given what an amazing year he's had. So consistent, but just unable to get the deal done on Sunday.
1: Well, yeah, four. Four runner-up finishes in 2014, or is it 2013-14? I don't think he played in 2013, part of the season. So we'll say four runner-up finishes in 2014, and they've been different varieties. I mean, Tim Clark went out and caught him at the Canadian Open, and, and that was something that, that really wasn't so much Jim's fault, but but Tim Clark went went and caught him. But there were a couple other times where Furyk played his way back into the pack and and uh, he struggled again on the back nine at Eastlake. Uh, really thought he had a, the best chance of catching Billy Horschel, but give Horschel credit, too. Horschel made the pars that he needed to make in some of the tougher stretches of the course and uh, just kind of waited for Jim to make a mistake, which he went bogey-bogey at the end, trying to uh, make some birdies to catch up with Horschel.
2: Any uh, you know surprises to you in terms of um, how things played out Saturday and Sunday.
1: Um maybe the biggest surprise to me and it's kind of disconcerting as we head into next week but some names at the bottom of the leaderboard happen to be the wild card picks for the US Ryder Cup team. Hunter Mahan really really struggled. Uh Patrick Reed struggled and uh and fatigue I think is a big issue. I I Rory uh Rory McIlroy mentioned that as well. Uh saturday and sunday that uh uh, he's a little bit of a golf zombie i think they all are when you're playing as many consecutive weeks as they are and i think it was eight out of nine when you factor in the bridgestone and the pga championship and you can even go back to, to the open championship some guys played canada after the open championship brent snedeker didn't take a week off at all from the open championship all the way through the finale And so that's a lot of golf, and and we can all joke around about how it's only golf and it's a game and you don't run, but when you are traveling every week for 10 weeks, 9 weeks, whatever it is, and you're playing high-level competitive golf trying to earn some scratch, uh, maybe it's not even so much physical, it's mental. You've got to be into every shot, and it's the hardest thing to do. It's hard for me to be into every shot for the one round a month that I play. So I can imagine if you've played, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18 rounds in a month, uh, and, and some guys were, were literally working on thirty-six rounds of golf in this stretch. Holding that focus is really, really tough.
2: Yeah, I think Roy said something like he had been he'd spent fifty-eight out of the last seventy-two nights in a hotel room. Some some crazy number. Uh, you know, he actually ducked home Monday from Denver. To have one night in his bed, and I think a you know practice round at home before he headed to East Lake, but uh, yeah, I mean I think, granted I I I think these guys have a right to say they're tired. I mean, like you said, you've got travel involved. You have the pra- you know you've got practice, practice, proams you know, and the tournaments at the highest level. And as we've said, trying to win is so tough now on tour. You have the uh, the the in the background for a number of months of the Ryder Cup, you know, team selection. And, and then, of course, the huge finale here with the playoffs. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and this was
1: one of those years. Uh, and Tim Fentham said this is going to be the last year that this happens. But they played all four playoff events consecutively. Boom, 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 boom. And uh, that's, that's hard because uh, very few guys play four consecutive events during the season to begin with. And I think that there's a there's a real uh, there, there's a real fatigue factor when you get to this. So having that built-in week off, usually between Boston and the BMW, I think is valuable for guys. But because of the way the schedule's set up, the Ryder Cups are handed out years and years in advance, and they had already set that Ryder Cup date at Glen Eagles. So there were two options for Fincham: give him the week off during the playoffs and go straight from Atlanta to the Glen Eagles or give him the week off after Atlanta and let him go to Glen Eagles uh, and go try to win a cup. And so Fincham did that, but he said, from here on out, we're going to build that weekend into the playoffs because, frankly, the players need it.
2: We've got Jeff Shane from PGATour.com in the house tonight, sitting in Rich B seat. Uh, question before we go to break here, Jeff, uh, mentioning the Ryder Cup, which uh, will begin uh, next week. A lot of conversation about the fact that Billy Horschel is not on the team and Chris Kirk is not on the team. Two of the hottest guys in the last month. You know, uh, conversations about should there maybe be a later pick um, so that you know there's the opportunity to get the hottest player. You know, personally, and I, I thought Billy handled it extremely well. He said, you know, I didn't play well enough all year to make the team. And, you know, there is a certain amount of tradition attached to the Ryder Cup and how the selection process is done. I, I hate to see it maneuvered more. Granted, now the playoffs is a new kind of wrinkle in all this, mm-hmm. but what's your opinion?
1: Well, don't forget that, that uh, as recently as 2006, they were making captain selection on the day after the PGA Championship. So it has been maneuvered a little bit already in the last decade. Thank you, Paul Azinger. Um, what I would like to see personally is, okay, let's put it off one more week. Maybe we don't have to push it all the way to the end of the playoffs, but it would be kind of nice uh, to make sure that all of your Ryder Cup team members are actually going to the Tour Championship and make it to Atlanta. I mean, in, in a way, it kind of cuts down your your uh, short list anyway. Uh, but when you get a guy like Keegan Bradley who has had an up-and-down year and he doesn't make the Tour Championship, you have to wonder about uh, if he's ready for, for what's going to happen at Glen Eagles, just in terms of his game, we know that the enthusiasm is going to be there and and all of that. But will his game be there? And uh, not not to not not to ruffle the flag too much. But there are five players in the top twenty-five of the world rankings that are American and not playing on the Ryder Cup team next week.
2: Well, we've got a lot more to talk about. That uh, wrapping up the FedEx Cup. Uh, Sunday, Billy Horschel with uh, 11.2 mil in his bank account now.
1: 11.4 mil. And on Monday, he got a new daughter. Skylar Horschel was born.
2: He sure did. Life is good for Billy Horschel. (laughs) You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. We've got lots more coming up. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com up next.
0: Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sent three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this, I really hate to
3: lose, asking forgiveness, got the Struggler's Blues,
2: the oh, Struggler's Blues. We're back. The Golf Insider is taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with a special guest, host tonight, co-host, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Thanks for being here, Jeff.
1: Oh, I'm always glad to do it.
2: Well, we had uh, some fun on Monday here in Orlando. A little press conference with Tiger Woods out at Isleworth Country Club announcing his new sponsor for his World Challenge event, which um, I didn't realize he actually, I guess 15 years they'd been doing it out in Sherwood in California and us uh, coming here to Orlando in December.
1: It, I had forgotten that it had been at Sherwood as long as it was, but uh, uh, it was an interesting announcement when they had said that they were leaving Sherwood and, and coming out here and uh I don't know how long uh, these things uh, necessarily will stay in town. Uh, it seems like uh, there have been a lot of events that have come to Orlando, hung around for a couple of years, and then uh, found another pasture to go roam. But uh, as long as uh, we can have Tiger, and, and let's face it, those 16 players are generally in the top 30 in the world rankings. It, it's a great field and a great chance to see uh, some of the best golfers out there.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, fantastic, fantastic to have uh the PGA Tour back in Orlando in the, well, I guess fall winter, since it will be <laughs> December 3rd, 4th, December 3rd through the 7th. They're actually, running over my birthday, as a matter of fact. Uh, but let's not waste any time. We want to go to our main man from ESPN.com who was uh, at Isleworth along with myself and a bunch of other media members on Monday. Hey, Bob.
3: Hey, Holly, you asked the best question.
2: Thank you very much. Um, I did get some chuckles out of the crowd too, didn't I?
3: Well, you know, it, it's uh, you did, but yet it's it's uh, it was it was it was probably a very valid thing to raise with Tiger in terms of his, you know, I think there's been a lot of questions about his uh, workout routine and and the back problems, and you asked him, you know, have you ever thought about doing yoga? And, you know, he kinda of dismissed it saying he doesn't have the patience for it, but um, you know, uh I think a lot of people are wondering why the heavy lifting, why not more about stretching and and being and being limber and, and, and all that stuff. So uh yeah, it's a good question. I don't think we got the answer that we that we might have thought, but uh it was uh it was a good try.
2: Well, I, I thought what was interesting was the um you know the the sort of answer before the answer or the explanation, I guess, which, you know, he was saying that he's been quite flexible from the time he was a kid, um, to the point where he, you know, stated that he needed to strengthen his muscles because of, and he attributed this to his Thai mother that, you know, he's always been very blessed with great flexibility. Now, uh, we're going to have a biomechanics expert on later in the show who I think will disagree given some of the mobility issues Tiger's had and certainly um, the the uh, issues with his knee injury and, you know, hip rotation. And, of course, a lot of people have been talking about how he's been shortening his backswing. So I think there have been a lot of, you know, perhaps things on the radar indicating that you know, there's been some compounding issues here. And the more he keeps talking about getting his explosiveness back, uh, somehow that and a back injury make me cringe a little.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, part of me wonders if that's just, you know, the stock answer. And that's what he's going to say no matter what, whether whether it's true or not. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is true that Back in the day, certainly, I mean, I can't speak for it now, but, you know, when Tiger first came out, he was very flexible. I mean, one of the things he struggled with in his career was something that almost nobody has a problem with, and that's clearing your hips. Uh, and that's that, you know, you heard, you've heard you heard that term where Tiger gets stuck. Well, that's because his hips move so fast. I mean, most of us, we would kill for that. We can't move them that fast. And we, we block shots. You know, but he, he, um, he, that was all flexibility and speed and agility. And, and, you know, whether he still has that, I'm not sure. Is the, is the shortened backswing due to less flexibility or is that on purpose uh to try to tighten his swing? Or is it a fact, is it it's something that's come because of the back problems? I mean, you know, these aren't questions that are easily answered uh by him or, and, and, you know, everybody else who, who uh, you know, who studies these things has opinions. But, yeah, I thought it was interesting that, that uh, you know, how that subject came up. Because I think a lot of people like you, you know, the whole explosive training stuff, it just seems like, you know, that obviously he need, needed to get his back strong. And, and, and I'm sure there's certain things that he couldn't work on after the surgery that he didn't feel good about. You know, maybe his abdominals or his glutes or what have you. I mean Tiger is not a weak guy. He he seems to be plenty strong. Uh he gets the ball out there plenty far. He might not hit it as far as Gary Woodland and Bubba Watson, but he, you know, he still he still holds his own. And uh you know, you would think that it's more about being able to uh to do the things necessary to have a free flowing swing that doesn't hurt.
2: Absolutely. And uh you know, of course, you know, your rotation um you know your mobility it, it's interesting you know back in the day people used to say golfers shouldn't weight train you know because there was all this conversation about strength versus flexibility but i think most trainers will tell you now that you know it's it's a combination and you know especially in golf you you want to be i think well rounded when it comes to your training and you hear more and more guys talking about stretching and some incorporating yoga and doing different things to, you know, keep flexible.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I just thought there was a lot of interesting things to come out of that. You know, uh, you know, he hasn't been hitting any balls, but he doesn't seem concerned about it. doesn't seem like he's in a rush. Uh, and I think a lot of us probably feel that was, that's probably a good way to approach it. What is the rush? You know, why, Why you know, we, I think, you know, we wondered why he rushed back in the summer, uh, even before he re-injured himself.
1: Hey, Bob, it's Jeff Shane. Um, hey I Jeff. guess the other question that, that everybody uh, has with Tiger these days is now that he is uh, separated from Sean Foley, does he go get another coach, or has he absorbed enough from three coaches over the years, plus his own intuition, that uh, maybe he goes... He goes it on his own.
3: Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a question that you know he's sort of answered in that he's not going to do anything right now, uh, and you know I'm of the opinion that at this point in time, obviously there's a lot of really really good people out there that he could go to, but if he does, doesn't he sort of complicate it again? Um, doesn't he sort of put himself in danger of of of? more swing thoughts and more mechanics. Uh, you know, I would think that Tiger knows what to do. You know, I would think that he can go out there and after, especially after, you know, we're, we're looking at, he's not going to hit a ball for six weeks, maybe seven weeks. You almost kind of start fresh and, and just, uh, go at it with a clear mind. And, um, you know, maybe it makes it simpler and, and, and them back to basics. And, uh, Instead of, uh, instead of the things that he was pursuing there that clearly weren't working. Now, of course, we also don't know how much of a factor in back was in, in some of that. But still, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see it play out. And, you know, you get a new teacher in there, you're starting something again, and, and, and that takes time. Does he have time? Does he want to, does he want to take the time again to, to go through a swing change?
1: Yeah, and I think, too, that when, uh, when he gets back to hitting balls after however many weeks off, uh, you know, he will be going back to his more natural motion. And, and one of the things that has kind of intrigued me, and Paul Eisinger has said it uh, a few times this year, is that it looks like Tiger has lost, I believe the, the way he phrased it was the thumbprint of his swing, that it doesn't look like Tiger's swing anymore. And I'm wondering if uh, he started to go back to his natural motion, would some of the problems that have crept in over the years uh, disappear?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. I mean, I, I, I wonder how easy that would be to do. Uh, you know, has, has he lost the skills for what he did back then? That's, that's the other side of it. You know, is that, is that gone? Uh, but, uh, you know, I, just from a total layman's perspective, I would think at this point, why would you want to complicate this? Keep it simple and keeping it simple is, is, uh, you know, going out there by yourself and not, and not bringing another, you know, obviously I'm sure he's going to incorporate some of the things that he used with Sean. Uh, and you know, how much did he, did he not take from Sean? He might have been doing some things on his own anyway. Uh, I think, uh, I think that might be the way to way to go at this point instead of having another teacher who, who, you know, is going to have his views and, and they might not, be natural or they might not be that easy to incorporate right away he might be just better off uh doing it himself
2: bob speaking of fascinating billy horschel what a hot streak at the right time um second first first in the tour championship and the fedex cup and a baby to boot
3: yeah not quite the run, huh?
2: life get any better yeah. than that
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty good uh you're right. he really did just get hot at the right time uh it's gonna be interesting to see how if he sustained this if he if he takes confidence from this uh into into the next season because before the deutsche bank i mean he missed the cut at the Barclays, and then he hadn't had a top ten, i believe it was june at the at the at the uh in in Memphis with FedEx, so you know he hadn't had a top ten since June, had fairly middling results in the majors, and and, and he's a FedEx champion. I mean it's uh you know a, a tie for second and two wins. I mean that's about as good as it gets, and and good for him. You know I mean that's how the system is designed, and he took advantage of it and did great.
2: Yeah, his earnings went from four hundred eighty six thousand in two thousand twelve to whatever the calculation is now uh something like what 15 million i well, think yeah, or when something well
1: yeah when you factor in the the FedEx Cup bonus yeah it's in the range of 15 million um they don't count the bonus so i guess what close to 5 million for the season and uh two winners checks in two of the most uh, lucrative tournaments um right bob do you do you have, Billy Horschel was, I believe, was 58th going into the playoffs uh, and actually dropped to 82nd after missing the cut uh, at the Barclays. Um, The fact that he was able to come back and win, is that a good thing for the playoffs, or does that say the playoffs need more tweaking?
3: Well, I think it's it's all a matter of your perspective. Um, You know, uh, if you want it to be more of a season-long thing, then I don't think it's good but if you want them to be true playoffs then you have to you know this is how pl- the playoffs are in in other sports you know uh it's who gets hot at the end you know when when the when the baseball season ends at the end of next week um you know the team with the best record isn't isn't guaranteed much of anything other than one extra home game in a playoff series you know they're, they're not even guaranteed getting to the world series in this in this system, you're you're pretty much guaranteed getting to the Tour Championship if you had a good year. I mean, look at Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Dustin Johnson did not play in the Bridgestone or the PGA Championship nor any of the first three playoff events and still got with 30th in the points. So, that is one heck of a system that would allow for that. You know, that would be like uh um, you know, I guess the Patriots going, you know, winning their first 13 games, then losing the last three and not having to play the playoff game and getting in the Super Bowl. You know, now, of course, if, if Dustin Johnson had been in the Super Bowl, in, in the golf Super Bowl, you would have had a very difficult chance of winning the whole thing from 30th. But I, I think you get what I'm saying. It's that the way it's set up um, – You know, it's meant to have this sort of volatility at the end, you know. There have been a million ideas put forth. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I think they need to start considering some of them. I really do. I think they're – this is the second year in a row that these guys have complained about being tired. Um, You have guys skipping events. You have a guy like Phil who, who basically WD'd on purpose, you know, because he just was over it. Um, I just think they need to look at it. I mean, there's just too much, too much of that chatter, and uh, you know, I know it's not going to be easy, but you know, they could they could have only three playoff events. They could have some more space between the regular season and the playoffs, or the majors in the playoffs. Uh, they could make the the last event a lot more intriguing by. You know, pairing it down to eight guys or something, and letting them play for the ten million. I mean, there's so many things that have been talked about, and I hope I hope they really look and sit down and study some of them because I don't think this is great. I, it it was it was it was great for Billy Horschel, but the atmosphere in Atlanta was pretty flat.
0: Mm. And
3: you have a you have I would say out of the 29 players in the field. I would say 20 of them after round one were not engaged. And, uh, you know, it's just not a good, I don't think it's a good situation.
2: Yeah, and it certainly, to me, doesn't um, represent the tour championship. Uh, I mean, the way, you know, the tour championship used to be played, um, you know, where it truly seemed to crown a champion and, you know, guys were, uh, you know, playing for that final putt in a different way.
3: Well, and now, too, you know, the the it, it, they've actually been lucky, I think, in that five straight years now, the winner of the Tour Championship has won the FedEx Cup. And there's only been two times where that, were, where that didn't happen. One of them was Tiger and Phil. That's about as good as you're going to get if you're going to have to split it up. But the, they are open to this possibility of having a guy win the Tour Championship who has no chance to win the FedEx Cup. And a guy who finishes 25th in the Tour Championship wins the FedEx Cup. I mean, is that what you want? I mean, that's just awkward to me. I mean, and and that could happen. Uh, In fact, a couple years ago, uh, uh, I want to say it was uh, when um, when Snedeker won, uh, he was way down in the points. And the only reason he won the FedEx Cup was because Webb Simpson had a bad Tour Championship. Webb Simpson needed to finish like 19th, and he would have beat Brant Snedeker. I just think that – is that is that the way they want it to, to, to fall? I mean, and then it's kind of awkward. The guy's getting $10 million. He barely did anything in the last tournament. So, I don't know. I just think um, – and also then the whole points thing, trying to follow that on Sunday, who's doing what.
2: Thank God now they uh, have a you know software program that does it instead of these four or five whiteboards poor Steve Sands used to have to m- <laughs> muddle with. Exactly. Well, Bob, you're headed uh, over to uh, Scotland, I believe.
3: Yes, I am heading over this weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think the Ryder Cup is always compelling. You know, it, it has a way of always being close, and uh, I think this one will be the same thing. You know, I think it's going to be great. Uh,
2: I I do too. Well, and it could be very interesting if Scotland de- uh, declares its independence. That's
3: right. We'll know that tomorrow night.
2: We'll have a safe trip, and as always, we appreciate you spending a little time with the Golf Insiders. Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Follow his coverage wall-to-wall during the Ryder Cup next week. Thanks, Bob, so much.
3: Thanks. Thanks, guys. Take care. You're
2: listening to 740, The Game, and the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's
3: nice. It'd be good
2: to just make a car. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with uh, my guest co-host of the evening, Jeff Shane from PGAtour.com. Always great to have you in the studio, Jeff. Thanks for being here. It's
1: kind of becoming a regular thing now, isn't it? It
2: is. Um, Rich B., I don't know. You better uh, (laughs) play a lot of golf there, bud. Uh, Anyway, he's uh, defending his championship uh, at the North Florida PGA Section Senior Match Play Event. Uh, Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, so we're hoping Rich B. is playing well out there. And um, I want to waste no more time getting to a guest that um, I have been trying to track down for a while. He is a busy guy, travels all over the country, speaks at many national and international conferences. One of the renowned experts in functional anatomy and biomechanics in sports. Works with a lot of top PGA players and I've been wanting to get some of his opinions, Jeff, on Tiger and his rehab, as well as the fact that, you know, there have been a lot of injuries on tour this year and especially back injuries and want to waste no time introducing Chuck Wolf, the director of Human Motion Associates here in Orlando, Florida. Chuck, thanks for being on the Golf Insiders.
0: Holly, how are you? Thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it.
2: So, uh, you know, we talked before the show a little bit about about Tiger and you know his whole surgery and then coming back and attempting to play this summer, which a lot mm-hmm. of people thought was too soon. Yes, or Monday, we were at a press conference at Isleworth for his uh, World Challenge event that's coming here to Orlando in December and of course there were a number of questions about his rehab and um, you know how he's going about the rehab for this phase of it and I'm just curious to get your overall thoughts he continues to talk about getting stronger which we know is important but keeps mentioning getting his explosiveness back and um just, you know, wondering with what you hear Tiger saying and what he's doing, um, your, your your thoughts.
0: Well, first, I'm not familiar with what uh, program he is doing for his rehab right now. Um, personally, and, and having worked with literally hundreds of people with back pain or have had back surgery, uh, I, I thought he came back a little early as well. Uh, the strengthening is definitely part of it, but... The 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 questions that I've got is having been on a, on a practice line and watch him move, and I'm not talking about through his golf swing or or any of his play. Just watching his gait, I'm not surprised it's happened because he's very immobile in his left hip, and the site of the injury in this case the back, but in. In most overuse injuries, Holly, the, the side of the injury is not the problem. It's typically a joint level or maybe two levels above or below the side of the injury. They become limited in motion, and the compensation occurs, which turns out to be the side of the injury. So, you know, I'm not surprised that based on how he moves, he's, he's bound up in his hip, he's bound up in his thoracic spine, the, the part of the spine that's above the lumbar, the lobe, above the low back, those are the two most mobile regions of the body. And if you become limited in either one or both of those, the low back's going to make up the difference and take the hit. So in this case, again, I don't know what he's doing in his rehab program right now, but strengthening is only part of it. Yes, he needs to get his, his what's commonly called the core strong, but the question becomes what's the core. A lot of people Look at the core as being the abdominals and maybe the low back. Some say, well, it goes up to the shoulders and goes up to the down to the hips. But I look at the core through movement, starting from the great toe all the way up through your, as, as I say, from the toes to the nose, because everything's involved. Arm movement's going to affect the core, hip, and leg movement's going to affect the core, or what's commonly referred to as the core. So, knowing that he's limited in his in his left hip or has been in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me. And knowing that there's limited motion in the thoracic spine through GAIT, I'm not talking about his golf swing. I'm not surprised this happened. And if you look at the history of 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 him back, I believe it was in oh eight when he had a knee injury, the knee is stuck between the foot and the hip. And I don't know what's going on in the foot and ankle complex, but knowing what I saw with his with his gait and with his pelvic motion back then I'm not surprised the, the knee took the hit. So the strengthening is good, but you've got to make sure that you get the the culprit and not just the victim meaning the back. You've got to address what's going on above and below and you've got to make sure there's mobility in there. Because people look at they think strength work and then flexibility, but they're not opposite from each other. They are part of the same movement continuum, and one is greatly dependent upon the other.
2: We're talking with Chuck Wolf, based here in Orlando, Florida, a functional anatomy and biomechanic expert. You've worked with many PGA Tour players, Chuck. Uh, a a follow up to that, because I asked Tiger actually in the press conference what he was doing in terms of flexibility and actually posed the question, was he trying yoga or any type of stretching? Um, He kind of bristled at the end of a long explanation and said that he didn't have the patience for yoga or any of that stuff. But, you know, and I think there's often been, I think, some misunderstanding in the training world and even, you know, with average golfers about, you know, do do you pump weights, do you power lift? but when you think of the movement in the golf swing and you know the rotational movement um can you in a brief way if you can um just you know share how those need to be integrated
0: well that's that's a tough one holly because uh you limited me to a short time <laughs> um i'm a firm believer that there is definitely a role for strength training the problem is the traditional lifts can become limiting in themselves. In strength training, if you are already immobile or slightly immobile and you start doing strength training, you're going to add to that immobility. So I believe that you need to be doing strength training and mobilization through the hips and the thoracic spine. And through movement, you will gain not only the strength, but you also gain mobility. So I'm a firm believer of integrated movement patterns. I'm a firm believer of integrated flexibility and not necessarily just isolation, particularly in golf or any activity that involves rotary movements besides golf. I mean, you've got tennis you've got baseball and so on and throwing, but in golf specific, you need to make sure that you're getting to move side to side and strengthening side to side as
2: well as through rotation. Well, Chuck, I definitely would like to have you come back on the show because there have certainly been a lot of injuries that have plagued players on tour this year. And I know that a a lot of, uh, you know, average golfers, uh, avid golfers have trouble with back pain and shoulder pain and wrists and you name it. So would love to have you back on and um, if people are interested in contacting you to uh, work with you on whatever particular um, issue they're having, your website's humanmotionassociates.com, correct?
0: That's correct, Holly.
2: All right. Chuck Wolf with humanmotionassociates.com. We will have you back, Chuck, in the next couple of weeks so we can talk about this more because we want golfers to stay healthy and out on the golf course.
0: We'd love to do it. Holly, look
2: forward to it. Thank Thanks you so, so much. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel coming up next.
0: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. And then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah.
2: We're back, right. the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an right. hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with guest co-host Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Uh, the LPGA Evian Championship wrapped up over the weekend as well. Jeff, pretty exciting. hyoju Kim, <laughs> the Korean teen holding off veteran Kari Webb. Uh, to win the uh, final major of the LPGA Tour, shooting a final round 68 to finish at 11 under par, one shot clear of Kari. Pretty exciting finish there.
1: Yeah, two-shot swing at the 72nd hole. Kim had a a 12-foot birdie, made it, appeared it was going to set up a playoff, and then Kari Webb missed her par save from a similar distance. So uh, Kim went from being one shot up to one shot, with a trophy. And uh, at 19 years, two months old, she is the third youngest major winner in LPGA history behind Lexi Thompson and Morgan Pressel.
2: Well, it's been quite a, a year for the LPGA. And um, speaking of having quite a year and quite a run the last three weeks, we've been talking about Billy Horschel, Billy Big Bucks, I'm sure they're going <laughs> to nickname him for life. And... Um, We've got to go to our man in the field, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, who was there and got to speak to the FedEx Cup champ last uh, Sunday. Hey, Todd.
0: Hey, guys. How are you?
2: Fantastic. So, hey, it just doesn't get any better than this. I mean, the $11 million, new baby girl last night. Life is good.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. It doesn't get better for Billy Horschel, Um, considering he has had kind of an average at best regular season, and and it just goes to show you. I mean, it it doesn't matter if you're Billy Horschel. It doesn't matter if you're the Orlando Magic. It doesn't matter if you're the New England Patriots, whomever. I mean, if you get hot at the right time, um, you obviously can can win something that's very, very special. Um, But you know, Billy, I don't think he ever has lacked confidence, uh, but he has questioned it. <laughs> so to him, for him to get it back and for him to, that, to do it so convincingly, as he did over the last three weeks, uh, earning $13 million, um, I, I think this is going to be kind of a springboard for him to be a, uh, actually a pretty good threat in the major championships moving forward.
2: And he has such passion um, and certainly a lot of um, – you know, he just has that fire. <laughs> you know, when you watch and, and him the last three three weeks, it's been pretty exciting. And uh, it's good
4: to see because, you know, still golf is considered a very tranquil kind of, you know, quiet game. You don't get many fist pumps and, passions and passionate players and screams. I mean, you do get some. I'm not saying it's not out there. Um, but – to have another one step into that arena with all of the tangibles that you just mentioned, I think is gonna bring more eyeballs to to the PGA Tour.
2: Well the guy's got some uh chutzpah, if you will, to give the the gator chomp in front of uh, a Georgia crowd after winning winning the cup on Sunday.
4: Yeah, he likes Florida. Uh yes he does. <laughs> and uh I mean even to the point where if you look, if you're watching closely, I see it up close and personal, but when uh, he makes his turn, and, and you see the bottom of his shoe. His spikes, his cleats are
3: orange and blue. Uh,
4: and so he he loves University of Florida, and you know, and good for him. Uh, and, and he's not the only one out there showing his college colors. I mean, a lot of players have the school logo on their bag on the PGA Tour. Uh, but he, I, I was I was greenside when he get, did the gator chop, and you did hear a few. Georgia fans, you know, so they, <laughs> they threw it back at him.
2: But but you know, it was all fun, and you gotta love oh, yeah, it. Totally, and
4: absolutely, and you know, why should he care? Like I said, if he just won 11.4 million dollars. They can scream all they want at
2: it. Yeah, and he has forever probably made the highlight reel for his dash to the portalette as he was walking up the 18th green at the uh, at the tournament at the BMW Championship. So uh, you just he's he's fun. There's no doubt about it.
4: Absolutely. Like I said, a good, strong um, breath of fresh air for the PGA Tour. I think it's going to be around for a while.
2: And a question following up about that in terms of his, you know, how it would be so exciting to have him be part of the Ryder Cup team coming off this, you know, incredible few weeks. want to get your thoughts on, you know, all the conversation going on about, you know, the captain's picks and when they should be made and what's your opinion? My personal
4: opinion is I don't think the captain's selections should be made the day after the tour championship. Uh, the biggest, well, there's a couple of reasons. One reason is that player will then have to get in mentally ready immediately after going through a grind of the FedEx Cup playoffs to to jump right into the intense fire. And they thought playing for the FedEx Cup is is intense pressure. Let me tell you, they're going. Right into a a just a a strong pit of emotions and anxiety uh, that will be at the Ryder Cup. I I think it takes a while for a player, when I say a while, at least a couple of weeks, to prepare for all the intensity uh, that the Ryder Cup will present. The other thing is, I think Sunday, if at the Tour Championship, if you know the picks have not been made or announced then I think that's all the media and everybody's going to be talking about. And it'll be they'll be talking about the picks for the Ryder Cup and not talking about the player or players trying to win the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup, which is you know a, a very big, big prize for the PGA Tour. It would be detrimental towards the Tour. It would obviously be detrimental towards Coca-Cola, which is the sponsor of the Tour Championship, and, and FedEx, which is the primary sponsor all season. Um, I I would like for the PGA of America to actually move it back or, excuse me, up a week. Why not make the picks after the BMW championship? And that way you'll have your three captain selections and the entire team made on both sides prior to the tour championship. I think, you know, if you push it forward a week, I think it actually will benefit everybody. That's the compromise, I think, that uh, both PGA of America and the PGA Tour should have.
2: Well, we've just got about uh, thirty seconds left, Todd. Uh, if you won the trip to space, would you be going like Andy Sullivan did uh, over at the KLM Open in Netherlands this past weekend for the hole in one? I
4: mean, yeah. I mean, ha- yes. I mean, why would you not? I mean, what-
2: <laughs> it would be I'd awesome. be going.
4: Yeah, it'd be awesome. I wouldn't even think twice about it.
2: Well, one last question: Is USA got a chance, Todd?
4: they do have a chance. I mean, this is not going to be a whitewash um, uh, because for the first time in a long time, the Europeans are favored. And because of that, you know, I think Team USA is going to be very, very hungry to try to win that cutback, especially what happened after what happened at Medina.
2: All right, Todd, thanks so much. 740, the game, the Guffinsiders. Insiders. We got to run. Thanks for listening.